Welcome to the Find Love After 40 podcast. I'm your host, Renee Suzanne. I'll be talking about all things dating after 40 so that you can find love faster and have a much better dating experience than I did. I went on over 100 first dates and learned everything the hard way before I finally met my husband on Tinder, so you don't have to. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the podcast today. I have a very, very special guest. She is my former client and my dear friend, Julie Steed. We met at the Life Coach School coaching certification down in Austin and quickly became good friends. She coaches women on how to get through divorce, and she is super amazing. So if you're going through a divorce, you will definitely want to check her out. I'm going to be sharing her links in the show notes. And today we are going to be talking about some of the things that we chatted about together that helped her find the guy that she's seeing and how coaching helped her to get where she is and how maybe it can help you too. So hello, Julie. Thanks for coming. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Me too. I am so excited that you are here. So first, I want to ask, how? what were the challenges that you were facing when we first got together and how did coaching help with those things? Well, first of all, I had been married for almost 24 years when I got divorced. So I, I was clueless about how to date, how to find anybody to date, what I was looking for. Did I even want to date? And then if I met people, then what on earth did I do then? I really didn't trust myself. I didn't trust dating apps. I didn't know how to trust men. It was, I was a bit of a hot mess, but um, you helped me with that because you know the process. You have this process in place. And so you were able to start out by helping me address my own concerns and then devise a plan that worked for me. Um, I felt very heard. I felt very safe. And I was able to just be myself throughout the whole coaching process. And in turn, that allowed me to be myself in the dating process as well. So that was my big number one challenge. I am so glad. So how how did that help you when, when it came time? Because I know when we first got together, and this does happen a lot, in my line of work is, you know, especially people who are just coming out of something and might be feeling like, like you did, like, I don't really even know if I want to do this, mm-hmm. but you, you got from there to actually kind of wanting to do this pretty quickly. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, well, once, once, I started really from a place of curiosity. Once I started the process, then my curiousness, if that's a word, just kind of ran away with me. And I liked the way it felt to be meeting new people and to have different men show different levels of interest in me. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that probably felt really good after... 
24 years and then, you know, 24 years of being married and then going through a divorce and then not even being sure what was going to happen after that. It felt fantastic. And it just gave me some new confidence and also kind of a new place to focus that I really needed at that time. That's, that's awesome. So then how did you end up, because you found someone fairly quickly. I did (laughs) (laughs) very quickly. (laughs) I found someone within six weeks of getting started with the entire process. And so what I did was, you know, I had questions about, um, should I pay for a service? Should I not pay for a service? Like, what do I do? So I just, with your help, jumped on Facebook dating. And um, I really listened hard to the things that you said. And within six weeks, um, maybe within five weeks, I had not only met the man that I'm still seeing now, but we had created a connection on the phone talking and he had asked me out. And so we went out within six weeks time. And um, then I got a whole new set of problems (laughs) that you helped me with. (laughs) So you told me, okay, so I did not have that very visceral, physical, chemical reaction the first time that I met him, but I have already had a connection with him emotionally from texting and talking on the phone. And so that really threw me for a loop. And you told me, you've got to give it time. You've got to give this time. You you cannot know someone just from an initial response. So hang in there. And you also reminded me that chemistry in that way is a social is a societal construct and that chemistry comes in many different forms and it's not always instant and it's not always physical in the beginning so I took all of that information with me and I just kept going um he asked me out again and I said yes and I was still a little bit unsure you know there's all those first date jitters that and I you know And then he asked me out again. And it was really that third date when I feel like we connected on a less nervous, more authentic level. And I don't know, Renee, if I would have hung in there without you in my ear saying, you got to give it more time. (laughs) You've got to manage your expectations. I am so, I'm so glad it, it, and, and that is unbelievably common. It really is. I can't tell you how many times I hear from clients and how many times I experienced that myself, how many times my my single friends when I was dating out in the wild and living in the city and had all my single friends and we would all experience this. Oh, first date, no spark, next, next, mm-hmm. next, over and over again. How many possible missed connections and I don't believe in right beating yourself <laughs> up about that stuff but but more in in learning from it it is so common not to have a connection on that first and second and maybe not even the third date and then all of a sudden you see what's underneath because that initial chemistry 
sort of blows away anyway. And then you're left with what's really there underneath it. Right. Yeah. So how, how long did it take? So how were you, this, I have so many questions. So how were you feeling <laughs> on, on that first date? Like, what would you say looking back? Because there are times when a first date is an absolute no, you would rather, you know, go and get a root canal than ever see this guy again versus, <laughs> versus, okay, maybe I didn't feel the, the big magic, but maybe, what was that like? Um, like on a scale of one to 10, what, how were you feeling on and after that first date? Um, I would say probably between a six and a seven. We already had such a strong connection um, from talking on the phone that I knew that there was something there. Um and I think more than just, I think my brain was just messing with me, honestly, Renee, you know, um, I was, I was a six to seven for sure. If that answers your question. And I don't know where I'm trying to go with the rest of my answer. So that's um, a six to seven, but you were mm -hmm. what, like hoping for a 10, you were hoping it would be like in the movies or. I guess, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, you know, I guess I thought maybe the physical response would be equal to the emotional connection. Yeah. And it didn't quite jive. And so that that would be where the disconnect happened for me. Okay, sure. Sure, and that's common I think especially for women because we we do kind of process differently. Um, and you, and women love to talk, men love to look. <laughs> I mean, we like to look too, let's face it. I mean, right. Definitely. But, but then when you've, you've talked and you've built that emotional connection, then you get on the first date and you're like, this is not quite, this is not that, this is, the, I'm not seeing the bridge. And that's because it needs to be built. Right, exactly. And I had a lot of my own stuff going on internally in my brain. Like I would say it wasn't even about him. <laughs> it was about all of the things going on in my head that you helped me manage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you care to share what some of those things are? I know that I there are the things that that I hear all the time that people think are so unique to them and when you realize that so many other women are dealing with this it just makes it a little easier to think oh I'm I'm not alone in this yes so this man is the opposite in all of the ways from my ex-husband um starting with appearance and just going all the way down the list from there. They are like night and day. And when you have been married a long time, at least for me, you feel like you have a type. It's your husband. And then you're not with that person anymore. And so he just so was not my husband, my ex-husband at the time, of course, I think that that can be really unsettling as well, because I 
I needed to do the thought work of something didn't work in my last relationship. What was it? And is that what I want again? Or have I found something that could serve me much better now? And so I had to bridge that gap. Um, and I, I assume that that's very normal because when you're with someone for a very long time, that's your experience. And it can be almost disconcerting to be with someone who is the opposite of that, even if you know it's going to be better. <laughs> I think that's very true. Whether you've been with someone for a long time or... If you're, if you're like me and a lot of, of my other clients who they've been alone for a long time, but they have an idea of who they should be with. And it's sort of a, mm -hmm. a specter. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, for me, I thought I was supposed to be with a type A, very successful corporate guy who lived in the city and knew where all the great restaurants were. And that kind of guy never worked for, for me ever, but I, that's who I thought I should be with. And I ended up moving to Indiana, marrying the guy with two young kids who thought that Olive Garden was a great restaurant and he's an engineer. <laughs> so it was, but he's wonderful. He's all the yes. things that I really needed. The package just didn't look like I thought it should. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of that, is it okay if I tell you another thing that you helped me with? Tell me all the things. We, we per perfect segue, um, perfect segue into the package, not looking like I think or thought it should. Um, you really helped me with perspective shifts and we talked early on, you and I did in our coaching about my concerns with money and how people how a man should perhaps have money, show they have money, save money, just like the whole money thing. And you said to me, Julie, investigate where his focus is. Where does he focus his money? Where does he focus his attention? And you said good men will often sacrifice their own desires for the people they love. I don't know if you remember telling me that, but that could not ring more true in this situation than if you had interviewed him and known him your whole life. So I'm not saying that he sacrifices who he is or what he needs, but he is willing to sacrifice some of the things he wants so that his child in particular has more than enough. And you said that is going to speak to his character and how he will treat you more than what kind of car he pulls up to the first date in. That's and that I'm about to cry. Right I am too. It's crazy because that has never been more true. It was, and I would have never come up with that without you. Like, I would have never taken the time to investigate that thoroughly and realize that and recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good men want to 
make other people's lives better, not just their own. They loved their kids. They loved their families, their moms, and the women mm -hmm. in their lives. A selfish guy might roll up to that first date in a BMW or a Tesla with the perfect haircut and just try to get what he wants out of the relationship and go home and text another woman, right? And maybe he pays his so child true. support that he's supposed to pay, but not a darn, darn dime more. And, you know, expects you to pick up half the check while you're at it. Is that really what you want is the perfect haircut and the Tesla? Or do you <laughs> want the man who is like, yeah, I care about the other humans that matter to me. I am willing to contribute something to their lives. I want to make the world a better place for them. I want to make their lives better. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted. And that's what I found. Yeah. Oh, but I didn't know that's what I wanted in the beginning. My brain plays those, like our brains are so naughty. <laughs> So it took time to make the connections, to see that that the very thing I have now are some of the things I wanted most in my relationship with my ex-husband. And he was never going to give those to me because he would have had to have compromised who he was or who he is. And he wasn't going to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are conditioned by Hollywood, by the, you know, the, the fairy princess stories about how we just need to be nice and beautiful and some man who is very handsome and tall and rich will <laughs> just show up <laughs> and, and be crazy about us and sweep us off our feet. And we don't mm -hmm. have to do anything but be nice and beautiful and maybe young and a size two. And if we aren't those things, then there is, of course, something that we could buy so that we could be closer to those things. And then we get the goodie. And that's what the goodie looks like. And mm -hmm. we're conditioned very subtly, but very thoroughly, I think, in our yes. culture, that that is what you get. That is your birthright. If you don't get that, something is wrong. And you should hold out for this because... <laughs> the rest is not acceptable. It is not acceptable if he does not make more money than you, if he doesn't have the right kind of car, doesn't know where the right restaurants mm -hmm. are, didn't go to an Ivy League school or, or whatever your thing is that you think is important to you. Is it as important to you as his character? I hope his character is important to you, but that's not how we are socialized. And you brought up something else when you were talking about that, um, the the way that other people judge based on those kind of materialistic first appearance things has also been very fascinating for me. And I'm not sure where I would be with that without coaching, without keeping my brain under control, because I know what I have. Nobody else has to know. And if they want to know, they can take the time to find out. I am the only person who has to be happy with what I have, who has to like it, who has to enjoy where I am. 
but society very much trains us to compare and to judge. Sure. Yeah. 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 So have you gotten some pushback or perceived pushback about who people expect you to date? Any pushback that I have gotten has been perceived or made up. Um, and I might, I could say that that comes from a lack of people like gushing over him and my relationship with him the first time they meet him. But everyone who has met him so far who matters in my life, my dad, my brother, my sister-in-law, my girls have warmed up to him and then some. It's, it's same thing. It just, they had to get beyond the first date with him. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love this so much. I really do. My 22 year old daughter has even gone so far as to say he's an awful lot like me. <laughs> and he is. There are a lot of, I didn't realize it until she said that, that they are both very caring people and they have a lot of the same interests. So yeah, it's been a crazy ride. Oh my gosh. I'm so, <laughs> so happy for you. This is why I do this. I'm so this is just wonderful. So now, what would you say to somebody who is back where you are? And I know I was in this place when I was dating for sure. I was, um, I call it, and, and I did not invent this term. There's a term called alpha widow, where you, you have an idea of who you should be dating. That person is, is either not good for you, not attainable. It's essentially an idea or maybe even a real person, but either you are not able to date them, they didn't want to date you, or you did date them and it didn't go well, but you wish you could have fixed it or whatever. And mm -hmm. so, um, so you're kind of stuck on this idea. I know I was of who I should be dating. And what if I came to you and I said to you, but Julie, I want the guy with the MBA. I want the guy with the condo in the city. It's really important that he he work at a big 10 firm and 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 do these things. This is really I went to college. I was a straight A student. I graduated magna cum laude from Loyola. I raised my kids. I don't want to date some guy with kids and I definitely don't want to move to Indiana. What would you say? If I or someone that was friends with you came to you and, and mm -hmm. said, listen, I I hear you, but this is who I should be dating. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say call Renee. <laughs> no, I what I would um I would recommend coaching. You know that I'm gonna say that. I recommend coaching always because. I would ask them, uh, I would first tell them that they are certainly allowed to have any list, date any kind of man that they want. And if that is the kind of man that they want, maybe their their last guy was total opposite of that and things didn't work out, right? That then then they can go after that guy. That's their, they have permission, right? Or whatever. They can do that. But what result are they expecting 
What outcome do they want? And do those two things align? And I would say, look, I be um, careful about being too strict with your own checklist, because what has happened to me is I have found a wonderful human, a wonderful man who checks most of my boxes, but not every single one. But what happened was he brought things to the table that I didn't even know to put on my list. And so if I hadn't, if I had just written him off based on some kind of preconceived idea of what I should have as a 52-year-old divorced woman, then I would have missed out. I mean, the last 10 months have been so much fun. We're just having a ball. I am so excited. I am so, so, so excited and happy for you. That was my experience too with my husband is there were things I didn't even know I wanted. I things I didn't even dare hope existed that I was like, Wait, yes, <laughs> this can happen. I can feel this loved and cherished. And mm -hmm. it was like walking into a beautiful log cabin with a roaring fire and a cup of hot chocolate and a cuddly dog on my lap and a big warm fuzzy blanket and the biggest <laughs> yes. hug ever after like a grueling 20 year hike in the freezing cold like that's, oh yeah 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 it's a great analogy oh my gosh well I am so so happy that this was that this was so helpful to you because I know a lot of times people are like, you know what, I, I, I've gone on lots of dates. I have a profile. I'm up on match.com or Facebook dating or whatever. And I know how to get rid of these bad guys. I know how to read people's profiles. I know how to la 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 la, but they're not, they haven't found the guy yet. And they're, they're getting discouraged and they're like, yeah, but how is coaching really gonna help me mm -hmm. um and I would like to speak to that too if you don't mind um people who are new to the dating scene after a long marriage or a long relationship or a long absence and need support to feel like they can get back into that game safely and effectively and figure out what they want and what they are looking for coaching is so important for those people, because it saves so much time. <laughs> it just, you know, it saves time. It saves stress. It saves, it saved me from all of the horror stories. My friends tell me, I'm like, I had that experience. And then I think it's because I had Renee. <laughs> and then people, the other group of people that I think about is people who have been doing what you just said. I can read a profile. I can get rid of the bad guys. You know, and yet they're getting the same results over and over and over. And to me, they're just wasting their time doing the same things when they could experience coaching, become aware of the shenanigans their brains are up to and and have what they want in six weeks, like I did, you know, or faster. 
Yeah, that's so on the yeah, we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum. You mm-hmm. found I I didn't know what coaching was at the start of my journey. I was just <laughs> gorging on self-help books and uh I mean, right. there, was, there was the rules back then, but there, I mean, honestly, I didn't even know what that you could get coached on this because you pretty much couldn't. Um, and then you right. are the whole other end, six weeks, and you found your guy. But we both kind of had similar blocks to, you know, similar thoughts and ideas about who we should mm-hmm. be with versus who we ultimately ended up with. And we both got what we wanted well what people who are not familiar with coaching need to realize is that it's because you had that experience and because you went through all of those things and you figured it out on your own that's why you could help me do it so much faster that's why you can help them do it so much faster and it's just like the people that i work with I, when i work with people who are wanting to move forward after a divorce the reason that i can coach them through that and help them is because i did it the hard way oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> and i know how to help them do it faster because i know what's waiting on the other side and i understand the process to get them through to the other side. And that's why coaching is so amazing. And I think that's what people who are not a part of the coaching world per se often miss. They don't understand how important that key is with a coach. I know I sure didn't. And I am really glad that that I was able to to get into this and, and offer what I do. So and I, I want you to tell my listeners about the work that you offer because so many ladies who follow me have either been through a divorce or are currently going through a divorce and they can benefit from what it is that you are offering as well. So please tell us where we can find you. Yes. So again, I help divorced empty nesters create a new life that they can love And you can connect with me. I have a fantastic Facebook group. It's a very supportive community of women who have all experienced divorce and empty nest. And the name of that group is Create Your New Life After Divorce and Empty Nest. So that is one easy way to find me. And then I um, have a website, juliesteedcoaching.com. Dot com And my email is julie at juliesteedcoaching.com. So anyone who wants to find out more can reach me in one of those three ways. Fantastic. Well, I am going to include for anyone who wants to check Julie out, and you absolutely should because she's amazing. I'm going to include her links in the show notes so that you can get in touch with her, reach out to her, join her Facebook group. And thank you again so very much for coming on and sharing your experience with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for helping me find my guy. Oh, you're so welcome. Yay. Thanks for listening to Find Love After 40. If you enjoyed this show, please be sure to hit subscribe and leave me a review. Your reviews help other women find this show. If you'd like to know more about my coaching program, head over to my website at reneesuzannecoaching.com.